Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, so the question for the day is how do you ruin your children? Uh, First of all, that's pretty easy. You just wake up in the morning, (laughs) and it's going to happen. Yes, we all have the option. And, you know, as we lead ministries or we're leading organizations, everything, and you forget sometimes that it's, it's on your kids as well. Well, it's interesting because you, sometimes you can focus so much on, on the ministry or on an organization or whatever project you're working on. And you, you see a lot of people that they are doing amazing things. Their business, everything is thriving. But at home, their kids are maybe not doing so well. Yeah. And so the challenge for all of us as parents, and that's what we're going to be talking today about, is you know how, how do you ruin your children's life and then you know still be around to talk about it later? <laughs> but because you know, like we've said many times, mm-hmm. even on the best of days, when you're parenting with your children, there's guilt involved. Yeah, and it, we all we all deal with that. Did I do enough? Did I? And, and, you know, you can all fill in the blank then. Enough reading time with them, enough play time, enough dinner time, whatever that looks right. like. And we're a mess just with guilt alone. Absolutely. So then it, that trickles down on, on your kids as well. But there are certain people, you know, I look at Billy Graham and I go, you look at the Grahams and you go, okay, you, you had this incredible ministry and then your kids, the, there's fruit there. I look at you and Cal and I go, you guys have incredible ministries and your kids, you know, there's the fruit there that show for being able to lead a ministry and lead your life well and lead your personal life well and lead your kids well. But you know what? There's always those moments in the journey where you go, is this going to turn out okay? <laughs> where yeah. you question yourself and you question your kids because your kids have their own free will. And the thing that we have discovered is there's no per- perfect formula. Like if I do this and I do that, I'm going to get this end result. Because we've all seen that too many times where you, you've done all the right things you think, mm-hmm. but, it, but a child still has, and a person still has their own will that, that factors in. So did you really just no tell me formula. that there's really no perfect formula? There is no perfect <laughs> formula that, that works. Well, okay, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. Well, we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Well, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But we are going to now introduce you to Trisha Goyer. Um, she's going to, I, I think she might even be an expert on how to ruin your kids because she has six of them. She's an author, speaker, also a radio host, and family life teen expert. Um, she obviously is a busy, busy mom. She's also a grandmother of two and wife to her fabulous husband, John. Somewhere around the hustle and bustle of family life, she manages to find time to write fictional tales, delighting and entertaining readers and nonfiction titles, offering encouragement and hope. She's a best-selling author and has published over 30 books to date and has written more than 500 articles. 
Um, we were laughing, even talking to her this morning, um, all the things that she's already accomplished today while we're just sitting here having our coffee. And yet to accomplish today. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have to admit, my big accomplishment today is that I have Cinnabon, Cinnabon, <laughs> Cinnabon creamer. And that was a huge accomplishment because I think it's going to change change my world, definitely. But Trisha was selected as one of the top 20 moms to follow on Twitter by SheKnows.com, which is an excellent honor to have. In addition to her role as mom, wife, and author, she volunteers around her community and mentors teens' mom. She is the founder of Hope Pregnancy Ministries in northwestern Montana, and she currently leads a teen mops group in Little Rock, Arkansas. Along with her group of friends, she's recently launched um, a website called Not Quite Amish Living. Com, sharing ideas about simplifying life. And I have to say, Trish, after introducing you, I don't know how, how simplifying that seems to be. <laughs> so, so apparently Lisa and I are just slugs. <laughs> so welcome to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. And you know, I mean, you list all those things, but I've been writing and raising kids for 20 years. So I mean, that's a, that's a big, long, long list of accomplishments, but it's taken me 20 years to do all that stuff. So, you know, it's not just like overnight, everything poof appears, including the kids. It's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of kids, since we're on the topic of, you know, we just, we, we love talking about relational leadership and, and leading at every aspect of your life. And so just talking about how to ruin your kids, but I, I, I would love to know a little bit more about you. And um, you were, you, you grew up Amish, correct? No, no. Oh, okay. You just love writing about Amish. I just love, oh yeah. I grew up not Amish. I grew up Saturday morning cartoons. And, you know, we had the, um, the first Atari gaming system. So that was definitely not Amish. I think that was like 1985 <laughs> or something. Us. You're dating yourself because I remember the Atari. So we are so, yeah. <laughs> I am. And yeah, and then I was a teen mom. So my parenting started very early. I was only um, 17 years old when I had my son. Mm. So that just started everything way, way sooner than I had planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life started quickly for you. And um, and then, like you said, this 20 year, but at the same time, that kudos to you for having a 20 years where you're, you're still going because you see so many people that come out of the starting blocks, you know, quickly in a flash, do amazing things and then quickly fizzle. And th- really the key to life is how do you make it sustainable? And so even in reading your, your list of accomplishments and you talk about, you know, simplifying, how have you been able to make this journey of yours balancing, like you said, being a teen mom starting off, that, that's a challenge in itself. Um, how have you been able to keep it sustainable and still ruin your kids? Right, exactly. And still ruin my kids. You know, <laughs> at the beginning, I think I felt like I had to do a lot because I was a teenage mom. I felt like everyone was judging me, which I think it was a lot of me putting that burden on myself and other people putting my burden, that burden on me. So I had three kids by the time I was 22. Very young mom, um, so I tried to you know dress them perfectly and keep a perfect house, and they were in t-ball and ballet and piano and all these things, and I was running like crazy, and I remember one point just like melting down, and my husband, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore, and really, I was not doing well at anything because I had so much burden on me, and so really, we sat down and figured out what our priorities were, and 
I realized the kids didn't even like half the stuff we signed them up for. My brother, my son hated T-ball. My daughter only liked ballet because of the little outfits. So I figured, hey, I can just buy her the outfits and stop taking her to ballet. But we focus on priorities. Um, dinner every night was a priority. Reading books together as a family was a priority. And then serving together in our church. Um, so we did children's church for 15 years was a priority. And so we cut out everything but one activity per child, per year. So literally, we went from running all the time to we were having dinner every, every night as a family, and um, we were reading books together and that, and that really made it sustainable. And we had that time with the kids, which I'm so thankful now. You know, now my older kids are 25, 21, and 19, and then um, my little ones, we've adopted three little ones, are 6, 4, and 3, and it's so much easier the second time around because I realized, okay, I don't need to do all that. <laughs> I'm not going to sign them up yeah. for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing they're signed up for right now is they do Awanas on Wednesday night. It just gave me this freedom to to be able to sustain things instead of running around like crazy. You, that is such a great point because we when we talked earlier about the guilt involved. And there is that guilt to to have them you feel like you do have to have them in all these activities because you see so many um, parents doing that. They have, they're run, the parents are running crazy, running their kids to things. And like you said, when you get down to it, the kids probably don't even like what they're doing. And, and, you know, simplifying, that is such a key word to simplify. And like, look at what you guys did. Ask your kids. You know, it's like, well, the reason she likes ballet is because the outfit. Okay. Well, Here's some outfits. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, well you can have the outfit without taking ballet, you know, it's weird around the, Around around the house mm-hmm. and be creative with it. So that is such a great. Um, I, I think we need to give each other permission to hear that. To go, I don't have to have my kids and everything because we think that somewhere along the line we've been told that that's a a, a really great parent to have your kids, you know, expand their horizons and have them in so many things: the music, the sports, all of that. And when it comes down to it, it is the simple things in life that really matter, and it that allow us to, to endure the journey. Well, and I think it even really feeds into, and I'm definitely not an ex- expert, but the whole ADHD where um, you, you're creating these hyper children because you just are moving them onto the next thing and you're rushing them to, you know, yeah, get that ballet outfit on, where's your shoes. And, and we, instead of relaxing, we're just rushing. It's funny. I'm, I'm on spring break with my kids right now. And we went to the zoo yesterday and Patty is living. It's really Patty's spring break because I keep getting, <laughs> I keep getting texts from her. I'm now at the roller rink. I'm now at this. I'm thinking this is your idea of a great spring break. You are reliving your spring break break. So it's been fun to watch watch yes. her spring break. It, yes, my spring break has been a blast. But we were at the zoo and I'm watching this one mom with this little boy who's climbing up on the pumpkin, this big plastic, and he's jumping off. And she's so bored at this time, you know, after the 10th jump, she keeps going, don't you want to go over to the tractor? Don't you want to go play with the worms? Don't you want to go over here? And, I, I, you know, now looking back on that, I remember that just being so bored with that repetition and we create that like don't be content right here let's move on to the next thing Mm -hmm. and we're really good at that as as parents and I think out of our own boredom too we we want to find something we love well and we only have less than than two minutes we have to take a break and you know how that works uh Trisha so we want to as we go into it what is um that was such a great tip but what is something else that you learn in simplifying that you can share briefly. Okay, well, going on to that, um, one thing about simplifying is just getting asking the kids what they want to do and then knowing that they have 
time later to fulfill those things. So my daughter taught herself guitar um, when she was in high school. And now she's actually living in a foreign country right now. She's in the Czech Republic teaching English and she's learning a second language. So just realizing just because you're saying no now doesn't mean that they're never going to fulfill those things and they get to choose later. They're going to have lots of time to choose later and pick those own things. Um, and I think just giving them the encouragement to see what they like to do and what mm -hmm. they want to focus on will really simplify your own schedule too. Um, you know, take them to the library and say, okay, what do you want to learn about today? And follow their lead instead of feeling like we have to pour everything into them. And so many times we feel like God has given us these empty vessels and we need to fill them up completely, but instead realizing that God has already created them as unique people with their own desires. Okay, Trisha, we're going to take a break. Hold that thought. We're going to be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with author, speaker, radio host, Trisha Goyer, and Trisha's fiction and nonfiction books have won awards from the American Christian Fiction Writers and Mount Hermon Writers Conference. She is also a Christie Award and Gold Medallion nominee. 
Tricia has authored several books on family and parenting, as well as co-written with Max Lucado and Robin Jones-Gunn. She collaborated with Ken Blanchard and Phil Hodges for Lead Your Family Like Jesus. And Tricia, we were just talking on break, uh, just where can people find you? What is your latest book? And you have a great, fun snippet that we are so excited for you to announce. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners about this exciting thing that's happening in your life right now? All right. Well, first of all, um, they can find me at just trishagoyer.com. Trisha is T-R-I-C-I-A, goyer.com. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter, all under the same thing. But the fun thing I got to do recently is I got to write the novelization of the movie Mom's Night Out. And Mom's Night Out comes out May 9th in the theaters. And it has Sean Astin and Sarah Drew and Patricia Heaton and Trace Atkins and all these super fun People, so because I wrote the book from the movie, I I've watched the movie like 101 times because I have to get like every line down. But I love it. It's like such a good movie, and it's pretty fun because I just found out yesterday that I get to go to the red carpet event in Hollywood at the Chinese Theater for that. So I'm pretty excited about that. Honor that congratulations and you know as we're mocking you that how do you simplify your life when you're doing all these things but you really do have some great tips we we, we joke around about how to how to ruin your kids but um, tell us a little bit about how you put the schedule together to do all these things and yet raise six children yeah well two are out of the house so one's married and has two kids and one's in the Czech Republic and I have a college student and three little ones at home but really my calendar is like my best friend I like turn to her all during the week and we chat about what's going on but um, <laughs> I will I will slot in things so if I know I have like today I have to edit a World War II novella so I got a babysitter here and for three hours I put a little slot on my calendar and that's what I'm doing so Facebook will, will mostly be turned off and <laughs> mostly be turned off um, but you know this morning it was my homeschooling time I do you know my oldest is in kindergarten of the three that I'm homeschooling so you know two hours is plenty for homeschool in the morning so I slot that in um, and I, I realize if I'm having a day when I'm editing or writing that's not a day I'm doing laundry so I'll slot in times to do laundry and so many times we try to do so much in a day and we have this huge to-do list and we get overwhelmed. And so really I ask myself, what's the most important thing I need to do today? And sometimes it's going to the grocery store. Sometimes it's getting caught up the laundry. Sometimes it's working on a book project. Um, but realizing that I can't do too much. Um, there's kids and there's, there's my husband and all these things. And just putting in those slots and keeping free space in my schedule too. So usually every afternoon between like 4 and 5.30, I'm just out with the kids. They're in the cul-de-sac playing. I'm watching them and um, just knowing that we need that downtime too and slotting that in. That is so smart. And what, what I'm hearing you say is you, you've learned how to say no to certain things. And that is such a key to say no to like what is not a priority in this day because it's so easy to look around. And that's where my ADD, I look around, I sit down to do something and then I see, oh, that needs to be put away. And then you can get off on a tangent, but to really stay focused and to have that schedule. And then it, it transfers in learning how to say no to your children, which a lot of times parents are, are they want to be their friends at, at the cost of not willing to say no. Right. And it exhausts their kids, it exhausts them and their parenting and where they don't really enjoy the journey. But I want to go back to, we can talk about that, but when you schedule, do you sit down, what does that look like for you? Do you sit down a week like in, in advance, like on a Sunday night and 
project out your week? Do you do it at night before the next day? What does that look like for you of trying to prioritize and, like you said, talk to your calendar? Yeah, and I'll, I'll usually do it like on a Friday and look over the, the next week, the upcoming week, and say, okay, I know I need to do this editing and I need to do laundry and I need to go to the grocery store. And so literally, I will kind of put those slots in for the following week. Um, and then I will, you know, sometimes I'll move stuff around. If, if my editing projects takes a lot longer, then I'll move stuff and I'll shift stuff. Um, I schedule in phone calls. So today, this afternoon, I have a phone meeting with one of my editors and I just schedule everything in. Um, I use iCalendar, so on my computer and I, I just have it there and I'm able to access that from my phone too. Um, but really, I think planning and, um, forming our calendar before we fill it is so important. Mm-hmm. So many times we fill, 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 and we don't have a plan behind it. And once we take that time to form it up and to plan it and to figure out and to know our limitations, to know what we can actually accomplish in a day, um, goes a long way. Well, and that you're accomplishing something in your day. That That's so many times we our intent is there to get all these great things done during the week. But like you said, if you're not scheduling it, um, it just doesn't happen, and then you get so discouraged at the end of the week, and then at some point, sometimes you just give up. I was with um, my niece yesterday, my wonderful spring break zoo experience, mm-hmm. and we were laughing that just even cleaning your house, mm. getting the clutter out of, you know, making up your bed, doing simple things like that makes you feel like I can get more accomplished. And I, I was laughing because I'm not um, a bed maker-upper. And this this week on spring break, I've had a little bit more time, so I have. And, and my husband will walk out of the room going, I, I just love this room. This room is so pretty. I mean, he doesn't talk about me. And I'm laughing going, uh, in my mind, <laughs> the bed's made. He just loves his house because the yeah. bed's made. But it does. It, it, you know, they, don't, they don't even get why they feel that way. Um, but so many times it's just those simple, simple things. I'm going to back up though. You mentioned you go out into the cul-de-sac and you just watch the kids play. How often do you think, I'm just going to grab my iPad or my laptop and I'll sit out here while they're playing? Um, does that happen or do you really engage for the most part? Both. <laughs> um, I don't take my computer or my iPad out. Sometimes I have my phone, so I'm flipping through Twitter or Facebook messages while they're riding their bikes. Um, and, of course, mommy watching me. Watch mommy watch me. So, you know, I, sometimes I just tuck that back in my pocket and just focus on them. But a fun thing, too, is sometimes a lot of the other moms come out. Um, and so I get to know my neighbors better. You know, one time there's two other moms and I, and we just literally for an hour and a half just chatted. Um, and, and one of them I had just met, she just, she lives a street over and I hadn't met her before. We've only lived here since September. And it was so great just to have that impromptu mom time and just share about our kids and our lives. And I think sometimes we miss that. We get so busy and we just pull in our, into our garage and shut the garage door and we never connect with people in our community and in our neighborhood. And it's been a, like, it, it fills me up, feeds me when I'm out there just enjoying the sunshine and chatting with other moms. Mm-hmm. Do you are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm actually an introvert, but I sometimes if I spend too much time indoors, I, I do need that conversation with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my quiet mornings with my coffee and my Bible to kind of fill me up. 
But if I'm just in my house all day with the kids, um, I do need like mommy conversation. And so it's great when I could get that, you know, even with my next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give us three different like areas where people really feel like I'm going to ruin my kid if I do this, you know, just um, like, like that was an example of just being present. You know, you keep hearing if you're just there, that's the biggest present you can offer your, your kids, but we have a tendency to, to not be present with them. What, what are some other areas like that where we can really ruin our kids? Well, you know, I always felt guilty when I was working. So here I am on my computer and writing books and it was so cute this morning. Um, they, they looked at a book, we we're reading Mike Mulligan, and there's, the author was on the back. I'm like, do you know who else is an author? And my daughter's like, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even realize that, you know, I'm an author that, and I write books. But sometimes I felt guilty um, for doing that. But as my kids, my, my first set grew, we were able to meet amazing people, travel to great places. And I realized that my job kind of opened their horizons for them. So even though I felt horribly guilty at times for saying, mommy has to right now and sitting down on my computer, it really opened up great opportunities for my kids. Another thing um, I felt guilty about was, you know, serving in my community. I helped start a crisis pregnancy center and now I, I mentor teen moms and I always think, okay, that's an evening a week when I'm over there with the teen moms. Um, but my kids love it. Like, they're so excited. They get to go play with the other kids, usually the babies and the toddlers. And they see me loving on other people. And for my older kids, that really showed them what it's like to reach out to people in need. And so for so many years, I felt guilty for these things. But I realized that I'm modeling for my kids how to love and serve other people and how to use my God-given talents. And so that has really turned around. And I don't feel as guilty anymore. There's sometimes I still feel guilty. But I don't feel as guilty because I realized that I need to be a model of them um, on how to reach the community and how to use my talents um, to help other people. That's so significant because there, there are many stay-at-home moms that will say that. Where I, that's the reason why I stay home is so I can be here for, for the kids. I can't, this isn't my season to go do that. And, and I know Lisa and I both feel so strongly about that. No, every season is your season to serve. And it really does show your kids. It's exactly, I love that. It shows that your passion uh, about serving and that that model is so important so they know it's not all about them too right absolutely and, and your kids is their season of service is not when they're adults but they have something to offer in their season as a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old and that they still have something to give and to offer too you know playing on the floor with the, the other kids is very significant mm -hmm. and so I think it is a great way and like you said you always can feel guilty and I, I just remember because we were heavy and to youth ministry in the days when um, and our kids were, were, were young and growing up. And it was a little chaotic at time, and we always had people in our home. And I just always was worrying, you know, am I ruining my kids or, and the guilt? And yet, you know, to this day, they're like, those are some of the best memories because they just got to do life and had some incredible people in their lives as a result. But we can always look at it, you know, it's, it's what, what is the perspective you're looking at, at it. And there are no guarantees that we're not going to ruin our kids. Right. <laughs> That's where you just go, okay, God, you're going to have to fill in the gaps on this one because I'm doing the best I know how to do. And, and you love my kids more than I do. So, you know, you're going to have to take this one sometimes. Well, Trisha, we're going to have to say goodbye. We so appreciate you stopping in and joining us today and just having a great time and sharing some significant tidbits. And so uh, we just encourage our listeners to find out more information about you and you can go to our site at Girlfriended. Well, we all wear many hats in life. So which one is screaming the loudest for you right now? Is it 
your parenting, a career, or ministry. When we come back, we'll be joined by our next guest, Susie Lance with the Ministry of Bloom. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome. We are back, and we've just been having a great time today. We just were talking with um, author, radio host, speaker, Trisha Goyer, and we're talking about, you know, how we can ruin our kids, which can be a natural thing and and uh, some say it's a gift but we're going to continue our fun and our conversation with our next guest but girlfriend it has partnered with a dynamic ministry and group of girlfriends from bloom which is a part of another ministry called stadia and stadia helps with church planning and helps the pastors and their wives and bloom provides inspiration encouragement and resources for the planters spouses so that they can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. And it's such a significant network for, for planters' wives, and they just have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we just love our girlfriends there at, at Bloom. Well, joining us now is Susie Lance 
from Canton, Ohio, where she and her husband, Jason, have been busy planning a church called Love Canton. And um, Susie is the missional community resourcing developer. That's a long title <clears throat> at Love Canton. And Susie is as busy as she says, messing up the lives of her two children, Karis and Joshua. Well, we want to welcome you, Susie, to Girlfriend It. And you're in good company if you're messing up your kids because we're all we're just talking about how the, you know the guilt of parenting can be overwhelming, but also how to simplify your life and enjoy the journey with your kids and um, have them have a good time with you too. So welcome to Girlfriend It. Thanks so much. It's great to be on the show with you. And wow, Trisha has so many great things to say. <laughs> she she really, you know, even just listening in, it gave me a lot to think about. And I love her take on priorities and simplification. So it's been great so far. Good. Yeah. Speaking of priorities, um, with just leading a ministry as you and your husband are doing and plus raising your kids, I know you're just as, as swamped in life. And it's it's really easy to – I know even last night, I, I, I'm bragging about being on spring break, but I went to bed last night, put my head down, and I started reading a book. And I, I started feeling guilty because my, my daughter and I are reading a book together and I thought, you know, you should really take these last 30 minutes and go in there and, and read with her. And I just was done. <laughs> I thought, right. even when you lay your head down, you can still feel guilty about it. And sometimes you just have to release that and go, it's okay for you to lay down here and just read your own book. Um, where, where do you have your guilt? Not that this is a therapy session, but <laughs> it just helps sometimes to, to hear where other people are feeling that. I think... For me, um, that question of am I enough, am I doing enough, um, have I gotten everything done in the house that needs to be done, um, you know, for me, church planting is not a lucrative position, and so often, you know, early on especially, I think, you know, have we not given our kids enough financially or just opportunities, you know, I heard Trisha talking about all those different opportunities that she was able to, to um, enroll her kids in and then realized this is crazy um, and, and took some of that away. But, you know, there was part of that guilt of thinking, you know, am I not doing enough for my kids? Are they really having the opportunities and those experiences that, you know, they're going to come to look at as some of the best parts of their childhood? And so I think sometimes that, that's the question of just, am I enough? And it can look differently on... Um, different days of the week during different seasons, but I think that's the nagging root of, um, of that. Sure. Well, I think too, I mean, you have, um, nine or is she nine or 10 now? Nine, nine. She's like nine and nine. a half and boy, and it's changing just, the game. Yeah. Well, I know, um, mine is a little bit older and she's starting this, this junior high experience and tried out for volleyball and um, didn't make the team. I'm sure she loves it. I just told all of the radio listeners about that. And <laughs> that's another way you can mess up your kids as you talk, sure. you talk about them on international <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, But feeling guilty that I never put her in. Because anymore, there's all the club sports. Mm -hmm. And you really have to start your kids at like three and four years old. Do you feel that way with, with your children as well? That you're not well, finding their gifts, like, early enough? Honestly, and, you know, that, that was a guilt I carried around early on. Um, but I feel like 
Um, yeah, I was an athlete all through college. I ended up on a scholarship. I was a runner. I didn't start till seventh, eighth grade. Um, and I honestly feel like with that, we carry a lot of pressure around as um, moms that if I don't get my child involved in the sport, they're not going to make it. And I can tell you, you know, I, I was a former coach. I used to teach and coach. And there are just kids who have natural ability and God has made athletes. And there are those that it's really, you know, not in their skill set. And whether or not they've gotten to play club sports throughout, I, you know, I, the natural athletes emerge when it comes time for high school. And, you know, you can pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but the ones who end up playing varsity and getting the playing time are the ones who, you know, it's, it's just in there from the beginning. And so, sure, there are definitely ways to give kids edges and, and pay tons of money and spend all your weekends at the ball field. Um, yeah, I currently, my, we play a spring sport and a soccer sport because um, my husband and I both coach. We feel like it's a good time for us to spend time with our kids. So I coach my daughter's soccer team and um, financially it made it great because they let the coaches' children play for free. And I, you know, read up uh, everything on soccer and learned how to coach. And so that's something we can enjoy together. Um, mm-hmm. But I see that same concept and, um, fortunately, our league is not super competitive to the place where they demand tons of time and energy, and, and it, it really does keep it fun, um, and the kids are learning skills. But but I think you have to balance that and ask that hard question. Like, is this going to be in my kid's future? You know, are they going to be able to pay for college if they get really good at this sport? Is it something they love and that they're just innately um, wanting to do? And I think you know, like Trisha said, we have to help them make those choices and, and not feel so much guilt about them missing out on opportunities. I loved what she had to say about they can explore those opportunities later on in life. And it is true. And they'll have more of an idea of who they are and what their passions are. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, you, you have a unique role and, and I've shared in that role where we um, are pastor's wives. And so not only do you have the pressure with, you know, with your kids on certain ones, but you have other people watching how you parent your kid. Mm-hmm. And right, so you right. feel like, and you have a lot of voices speaking into it that are, you know, offering their, you know, their wisdom to you. <laughs> um, wisdom. Yeah. And I, I remember that feeling so guilty because it's so easy to compare and you see the different moms that are doing this and that. And, you know, I just remember... I remember hearing from one of the moms um, when, when I was raising my kids and that uh, and one of the other moms was, was like, um, and maybe you do this and this is, I just, this wasn't me, but like, uh, like on holidays, like on a Valentine's would make heart shaped red pancakes and theme out the whole breakfast. And then on, you know, St. Patty's day it would be green shamrocks and everything. The, the pancake Patty's pointing to her green, but she uses green anyway. So she's trying to claim it as St. Patty's day decor. <laughs> And she doesn't make pancakes, not even regular pancakes. So um, it, it, it is funny because I remember going, well, I don't do that. I don't yeah. theme these breakfasts out on, you know, and, and offer all these great things. You and could you have can, asked Taco Bell to put some green color. I could have. Because Taco Bell really, really was a staple. I could have done that. But it, it is so easy to start comparing and going, okay, like you said, I'm not enough. It's like, wow, am I messing up my kids because I'm not giving them these themed experiences at home before they go off and we can so beat ourselves up yeah and it's an sure. endless cycle you have to stop and then you know you, then you're playing to this audience that you know that, that's just a, a never-ending uh battle and it, it it's fruitful 
Bugle. What what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Futile. Futile. There we go. Um, I should do radio, huh? And use use my words. As as you tell your kids, use your words. <laughs> but use the right words. Um, so anyway, do you find that pressure, especially um, you know, when you're starting a church and everybody knows you and you're in a community, there's that pressure. How do you how do you handle that? Well, one of the things I love particularly about our church um, is that it's based out of missional communities, and I don't know how familiar you are. It seems to be the the new thing that's being uh, written about a lot, so it's a lot more understood than when we started five years ago. But basically, missional communities are mid-sized groups of about 30 to 50 who live really intentionally with discipleship, um, and it's for the focus to grow in your relationship with God, inward, like with other believers, and then out to the world. And we have found such amazing um, things, just as a byproduct. I mean, when my husband came home <laughs> years ago, he had a, a great job and told me this is what we were going to do. I My first words for him, and this is me, Mama Bear, coming out, I said, I will not sacrifice my children for an experiment. Mm-hmm. What is this? <laughs> and then God was really good to me, and so was my husband, and he gave me a lot of grace and patience. Um, and when we were we went to this marriage retreat, which they gave us bunk beds for, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and we had a, a woman pray over us, and she had no idea what my heart was wrestling with. And she basically said, the safest place that you can be and the safest place your children can be is right in the center of God's will. And so... Go with confidence. God is leading, and He will provide for your kids. And and little did I know how much He would provide for me in my struggle to be, you know, the perfect mom and perfect everything um, through our missional communities, which we call villages. And I would say Hillary Clinton was right. It does take a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. We have all these families. The one um, our families in particular with is we just call it Canton Family Village, and our mission really is to strengthen families who otherwise don't have a good model. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have all of these wonderful families coming together. And man, these moms, they are different. <laughs> I think the thing that pulls us together is our love for the Lord. And But it's been so great for me because there's moms who, you know, make everything from scratch. There's one family, they have a farm that like, besides their full-time working jobs, they, they you know, harvest all their crops and produce. And I'm like, yeah, I'll never do that. There's others that foster and adopt kids, and, you know, that's their calling. And then there's others that are, you know, professional working women who... And so to be intimately in relationship with those different people and to see their houses at their best and their worst, to see their parenting when they're screaming at their kids and when they're snuggling up, praying and loving on their kids, it has been the greatest thing, I think, for me um, to grow in as a mother and as a pastor's wife. And the beauty is, like, I've been really transparent <laughs> from the day one because I knew, I know that's one of my biggest struggles to try to be perfect and be, you know, everything that everyone would expect from me. And so I made it a, you know, a goal of mine that each new relationship I would meet as, you know, new people were coming into the church. The earliest well, Susie, convenience. Susie, we're going to have to stop right there and hold oh, that yeah. thought. We're going to have to take a quick break, and we're going to come right back and talk about all of this. We'll be back with Girlfriend yeah, the Radio. Okay. 
This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the TogiNet Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Togedad.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, where we are talking with Susie Lance from Canton, Ohio, where she and her husband, Jason, have been busy planting a church called Love Canton. And Susie, we just rudely interrupted you to have to take a commercial break, but you were talking about your missional mission um, at your church, and I just loved how you were sharing, just being able to to watch all the different parenting from one minute, you know, you're, you're screaming at your kids to just loving on them and, and praying with them. And uh, go ahead and, and finish your, your thoughts on what you were talking about there. Well, I think the greatest aspect of living, you know, in discipling relationships where it's it's more consistent, it's on purpose, um, is that you see people in those natural settings. They don't have to just put on a show on Sunday morning and you have the the idea that everybody's perfect and you're the only one who hasn't figured it out. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been just a, a real blessing to me uh, to not have that comparison game going on, but to realize that each of us as moms have strengths and mm-hmm. each of us has weaknesses. And the beauty is when we're involved in each other's lives, um, we can fill in those gaps. And that's, I really believe that's how God intended it to be. And so, you know, I tend to be a little bit of a neat freak, and my kids know it, and I love them because they always, you know, test the limits. They're very, very creative. Um, but one of my best friends that is in our missional community, she could care less if her house is neat and clean. And so my kids will go over there, and they play in the mud like crazy. And it's just so wonderful because they're you know, and I think that's how we balance each other out in life, our strengths, when we don't look them, look at them in a comparative way, but we mm. say, wow, what can you pour into my child? And I'll pour into your child. It just adds this healthy community that, um, you know, we, we fill in each other's gaps and we end up feeling a lot 
better about who we are as parents. We can't do it all. We're not perfect. We are. Well, like, it, is, it is important to like, it's like you said, to allow other people to breathe into your children because I wanted our kids to have different voices and a different sure, lens sure. and different perspectives than just, um, you know, kind of the one dimensional of our parenting. How, but when you're talking about this and, you know, being vulnerable in community, being authentic, going, this is who I am. And, you know, it's, um, it, it, you know, without trying to compare and compete, because that always creeps in. How, how, if somebody's listening to this and they go, you know, I kind of would like an authentic community like that, but how do you start and how do you really give each other, you kind of set guidelines, like almost giving each other permission. That's like, okay, we're going to, we're in this kind of like, kind of like a covenant together that, you know, there, there's no judging. There's Because a lot of times we'll sit down with, with women at a table and we'll go, okay, we're in a judge-free zone here. And you just <laughs> right. got to declare it because you don't want women to, you know, it's like so kind of gives everybody permission to be with themselves. What does that look like when you're starting those groups? Yeah, well, for me, I always use humor because in the beginning you can use humor and get away with everything. <laughs> yeah. You can be a tyrant. And so I just tell them, I'm like, you know, when we start discipleship groups or anything, you know, my husband and I are on the same page, but it's usually the women who will be catty, and, you know, it's just our gender. It's who we are. Um, and so I just say, you know, we do not judge each other. We do not gossip about each other. If we have issue with anything, then then go right to that person and, and talk about it and make sure you're going in love. But then I, I tell them, if any of you <laughs> do that, if any of you go behind each other's back, I will come after you because I am about to protect this group. It's so rare in the world of women. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I tease them and I say, you don't want me beating down your door, you know, and, and getting after you because you're breaking that trust and that safety. And, you know, it, it has created a culture where there is safety. There is, you know, non-judgmentalism. And when you begin to teach women how to like really not be jealous of the strengths that they see in other women, but recognize their own, it changes everything. And I think that's something I've learned a lot, especially about um, going into the life of women. We all have insecurities, but we all have such beautiful strengths. And if someone comes along and can say, you know, yeah, you have stuff to work on, but look at what you can do. Look at this amazing aspect of how you are a mother and, you know, what your children are benefiting because you know, you do all these different things. And, and I think we need, we need as women to, to be more intentional with each other, to recognize each other's strengths. Um, it, it changes things. It, you're so right. It changes things. And um, I even you, you were making me laugh when you said you're kind of a neat freak because I, I think about um, I love my towels. You know how you put the towels in you, the decorative towels on the, sure. on the, ring. the good, the good <laughs> towels. And it used to bother me so much when I was first married and my kids would have their friends over and they would use the decorative towels with all the hoopla <laughs> around it. And I'm thinking, you're kidding. Did you grow up in a barn? Like, why can you not like use mm-hmm. the towel that's on the counter? And it's, it's funny what you do in life that now... I laugh that that even fazed me so much because would you rather have all these kids in your house or would you rather have your decorative towels hanging up perfect? And, Let me think um, about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but real quick because we, we're, we're running out of time here. I just want to talk about a few top 
um, things that we do to ruin our kids that we see, um, the, the top three, is that we give in. You see that so much now in, in our culture. No matter what your children want, you know, be it they're standing in the toy line at Target and they're begging for it. It's like, okay, just to get them to stop the nagging, we, we buy it for them. So we give in. Um, we don't have consequences for bad behavior. And the third one is always taking their side. You're seeing that when teachers come back um, to, to tell a parent what the child has done and the parent will always take the child's side rather than listening to the adult or to the teacher. Um, have, have you seen this changing in our culture and especially as you're doing um, your communities and the way you're doing, how do you breathe into that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Discipline, you know, in particular, like with the first and the second one, there are personalities that are bent to be a little more pushoverish. I'm one mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> my sister, mm-hmm. I'm an identical twin. My twin sister, she is, she has no problem saying no to her children. It's like, doesn't phase her. She's just very strong because she sees the outcome. Um, so that's something I've really had to work on. Um, I do see it in our, our culture. You know, we, we, are, we live in a culture, especially with women, we carry around a lot of guilt. And so we don't want to be the enforcers. We don't want to be the ones who, you know, are mean or create that rift. And unfortunately, what we create is monsters <laughs> when there are no consequences. And when we give in all their time to their whims, they grow up and think the world revolves around them and everything mm-hmm. should be easy. And, you know, I see that. And I don't let to stereotype or generalize, but I'd say the young 20s um, currently, they have a very different mindset than people who were in their 20s about 10 years ago, um, and there's a lot of entitlement, and I think that it comes directly from how we parent, and so I do think it's really important to kind of assess, all right, am I a softie, or do I discipline too much, you know, because mm-hmm. you can go overboard and um, have so many consequences that your kids can't breathe in your home, and, you know, my husband and I, we kind of have a grace and truth <laughs> guideline that we live by. And so, you know, we want our kids to walk the line and they know um, what consequences are for certain actions. And I always ask them, and we used um, Ted Tripp has a great resource, uh, Shepherding the Child's Heart. And so from early on, you know, we kind of were, um, and it's just basically like if there are consequences and to actions, they need to be enforced. And you can't, you know, vary from that because then it, creates confusion with kids, but um, I just see, you know, and for us in our own experience, it was hard work when they were little to, you know, have those consequences, and sometimes, especially with young kids, it can just be a moment-by-moment, all-the-time thing, Um, but it's worth it. All I have to do at this point in my parenting, not, I mean, my kids aren't perfect, but if we're out in public, and I just say, are you going to choose to disobey? And I look at at them, because they know there will be a consequence. There's not a thought in their mind that if I say that word, disobey, that there's not going to be something that is, you know, coming on the heels of it. And then they make that choice. They either either willfully do it or and take the consequence or um, they make the right decision. And I just think we parenting is so much more enjoyable when we do have consequences and that structure mm-hmm. put in place. So. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Yes. Parenting is great when we do have uh, the consequences put into place. It's funny because I just got done telling Lisa's story. I was in the dressing room and there was like a five-year-old in the dressing room next to me and she was literally having a temper tantrum because mom said she wasn't going to buy her the dress. And I found myself like as a 12-year-old coming out of the dressing room and the five-year-old was coming out as well. I like glared at her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Real mature. Was going, I cannot believe that you just were throwing a temper tantrum. And then days later, you know, Frozen, the movie just came out and my kids wanted to watch it. And I said, we're going to watch it for my husband's birthday as a family night, etc. And they started kind of, you know, they just kept, we really will watch it then too. Can we just watch it? Please, please, please. So I went in there to my husband and said, can we please just watch it? And I thought, you know, I'm no different. You you do mm-hmm. find yourself like giving in to them. But when it's your child, you don't see it to that level mm-hmm. of we all throw temper tantrums in different ways and we have sure. to be careful for that. So that that's a great great tips on that. Well, we just have a couple minutes. Um what what do you say what are you thinking with um, always taking their side? Do you see that now in, in our culture where we don't Remember the days when you if the teacher said something, boom. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you went by that. So we have just two and minutes left. Sure. As a former teacher as well, that is definitely, there has been a major shift in the culture. Um, I would often be shocked. And I always wanted the best for my students. And, you know, if I had students who were consistently, you know, behavioral problems or um, discipline issues, I'd call home. And I was shocked the first couple times when the parents, did not want to hear what I had to say, and they were quick to defend their child um, when genuinely had their best interest in mind. And so I do think, um, you know, you can't overgeneralize and always say teachers aren't at fault because sometimes they can be human and <laughs> make errors in judgment. But, you know, we really need to teach our kids the proper way to submit to authority. And, you know, working in Love Canton, we are in a more urban area, and so we do work with people who find themselves in and out of prison. And I'll never forget (laughs) one of the eye-opening lessons. A good friend we would pick up for church ended up back in jail. Um, And my son, who was about five years old at the time, said, you know, where is Mr. You know, so-and-so? And And I I said, well, he made some bad choices. He chose to disobey, and he is now locked up for a year. And I said, and that is why. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, the consequences are small right now, JJ. You know, if you don't obey mommy and daddy, then there's small consequences. But if you don't learn to obey the authority that you have been given right now, your mom, and we went through all the, you know, who's his authority, his teachers, his principal, Sunday school teachers. I say, if you don't learn to obey them and listen to them, because they do have your best in mind, consequences get bigger. And... And I just wish more parents would understand that. They're not doing their kids a favor by always coming to their, you know, defense. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 